0: Hello, and welcome to According to John. Today we have a great episode that we're gonna talk about what does it mean the fields are white for harvest? Jesus is getting inside of us doing his thing. We're not talking about religion, are we, John? No, we're really not, man. Uh, Wow, that's, right? Think about that, this is not religion. Not a bit. This is relationship.
1: It's this wonderful person named Jesus who came to live inside of us. And he did it for a reason. What would that reason be, John? Uh, So that maybe we can go to heaven? Yeah, and that we could share this good news with other people. Because the fact that Jesus died and rose, paid for our sins, did you and I absolutely no good
0: until somebody told us about it. Exactly. Yes. Right. So that... Listen, I'm going to tell you, when people actually take their time, the real time, to tell you about Jesus, so here's a cool story. Um, well, first, before we get into that, yeah, I who, am who your are, Oh, <laughs> I wonder who you were. Right, right. right. Got who I am. <laughs> I am your host, John Westfall. This is my co-host, Pastor Duke Herget, the Duke Meister, and we are on According to John. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for tuning us in and listening and being a part of the show. It, I'm telling you, it means the world uh, to us man And and the more we do this, the more I hear uh, people talk about, according to John and uh, Pastor Duke. And Truth we have a Unbound. lot of the same audience. We do. We do.
1: And hey, and Rhode Island, thanks for tuning me in. And this guy, I told it, you you'd like him.
0: Huge uptick. Thank you, Rhode Island. Right? Yeah, because yeah. you went out there and you did a, a meeting yeah. and. Uh, I'm just going to tell you, there is a ton of work that goes into this podcast. I mean, a ton of work. Quite a bit of money, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just,
1: just saying. If you could see what I'm seeing, man, all kinds of technology here. And when it breaks, I'm helpless. I just pray for John.
0: Yeah, and I got one option. Replays it. It's horrible. Um, if anybody ever wants to help support, I'm going to set up a thing on the on the podcast where People can give if you wish. We've never charged. We wouldn't charge. But uh, anybody that has a desire to help, man, I would sure appreciate that. But um, at any rate, uh, that being said, we have, dude, it is growing. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, I think there's a lot of people hungry for the word of God, and right. uh, we do it without apology. And I, I think we do it in a, in a good spirit of love. Yeah. Uh, the greatest love there ever be is somebody who's willing to tell the whole truth and uh, without biblical compromise, because compromising the Bible is not love. Right. And it'll burn
0: one day. But what a great topic we have today. Yes. And I'm excited for this topic, and I think it's going to be really, really Let good. me jump in one more time
1: here. If nobody along through history took this lesson seriously, you, our listeners, or John and I, would not even know Jesus. Right. This is how important it is. People before us took this so seriously that the gospel came to us. And now it's our time to bring the gospel to others. And it's the ultimate, man. It's, it really it's awesome.
0: Yeah. I had, uh, I shared yesterday. So here's a really cool thing. Uh, Brian, if you're listening, he's a new listener, uh, as well. Right. And, and I, dude, I love calling out people when I know who they are and, and have opportunity, but I was sharing, uh, I go into the store and Brian works in the store and, and he's like, uh, and he knows who I am. Right. But we've never had a Jesus conversation. I mean, I've talked about Jesus, <laughs> but it has not been reciprocated, uh, in the process until yesterday. And I go there and Jesus started knocking and he says, Hey, John, I got a question for you. And I go, yeah, man, what's up? And he said, uh, uh how do you think the pyramids got there? How do you think they built the pyramids? And I went, dude, do you really want the answer I have for you? Because I have an answer. And he's like, yeah, because it's driving me crazy. And I said, giants. And he looked at me like I was the giant that had three heads. Revelation <laughs> chapter 6,
1: verses 1 through 4, I would have given him the same answer. Genesis. What did I say? Revelation. <laughs> I gotta go finish the rest of that coffee you brought me today. <laughs> yeah, you said Genesis. Revelation, and I, I got went, the right chapter.
0: Yeah, yeah. You said Revelation, yeah. and I went. I don't remember Sorry reading about that. that. Yeah, Genesis chapter six, right? And we talk about we talk about uh, giants in the land, and 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 how the History Channel actually did uh, an episode, a documentary on giants in the land, and and of course they're anti. Bible and anti-Christian and so on and so forth, but they they confirmed the scriptures. The archaeology found the beds, 24 foot long beds for human beings. 24 foot long beds. So,
1: uh, you know, the facts are kind of interesting yeah, things, aren't yeah. they?
0: And I think they, so they found beds that were like 24 foot long, and th- they found proof of people being upwards of 30 foot tall. Yeah. Just just the skeletons, that's all. Yeah. <laughs> that's all they got. <laughs> that's all <laughs> we got to go on. <laughs> right? And, and so they do all of this. Now you think about this, man. Uh, think about the scriptures when when uh, Joshua sent him into the promised Land, the spies, the 12 spies and, and they came back 10 of them and they were like, we're grasshoppers to them. Mm-hmm. This is what he's talking about yeah And see this story, he's heard something, uh, Brian,
1: right? Brian yeah and and he you've kind of won his heart and you're friendly and and uh, he, he doesn't want to the Jesus conversation yet, but he respects you. And he sees something along the way. We pray for those around us. Jesus Christ, John 1, 9, I'm jumping into our text. Yeah, go ahead. Lighteth the path of every man that cometh into the world. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus began to light his path, and then he puts you, right. the John Meister. I got a new name for you. <laughs> the John Meister. He, he knows if somebody's going to have a biblical answer for something, he knows who it'll be, and he asks you. You know why? Because the his field... Is, is white under the harvest. There Isn't we it? go. So, what was really interesting? So you thought you chased a rabbit, and I
0: pulled it together. <laughs> I get a point for that. So, all right, you got a point. I okay. give you a point. Tie it together. One. Then. I give you one. All right. Okay. But but here's well here's the interesting thing is so we talk about giants and and I was sh- and I said listen dude you take a giant on each end of those stones and he's thirty foot tall that's like taking two guys who are beefy grabbing mm-hmm. a uh, a block on each end. I mean. They could easily have done it because these these uh, Egyptian pyramids, they're only one eighth inch out of from perfection. Mm-hmm. Over that huge scan of what is it, a thousand? Oh my goodness, water. it's huge, right? It's ridiculously it's large. Al- almost perfect.
1: Yeah, and Ma- it, maybe men of renown. Genesis six, one. Genesis. Or four?
0: Cha- I'm telling you, Genesis chapter six. So as we were talking about that, and we went to the back room because. Uh, we had to pick up uh one of the parts that I needed, and I just followed him back there and at that point, I have opportunity to share jesus and he he's in he's listening guys that's that's all we got to do and if you're a Christian and you're listening to this, that's all you have to do is just and this way under to harvest <sighs> is every day every day, every day every because day. I promise you uh if you leave your house. And sometimes if you just look in the mirror, you're going to see a lost person.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Everywhere you go. Yeah, everywhere you go. They're out there, man. So yeah. I I, I'm, I want to encourage you, and this is one of the things that, that made me want to do the podcast, is what does it mean that fields are white on the harvest, is that, um, man, when the time is ready, and when is ready, I think now is ready, because I don't know of a time in our history, dude, of, of America that we are more desperate for Jesus. Americans used to trust,
1: uh, you know, we're America, you know, land of opportunity. You work hard, you'll get ahead. You'll live the dream. And that's pretty much been true throughout yep. American history. But now it's not quite the way it was. You can, right. People get their education and they're $200,000 in debt and now they can't get a job. Yeah. The fields. Well, they're, Well, Christ. and here's
0: the other thing. Evil is prevailing. And now, and that's what I was talking to Brian about, the scriptures are revealing what today is, which is fine because they're running parallel, but once you understand that the scriptures were written 2,000 years ago mm-hmm. that Jesus said, watch out for and now we're watching it unfold, that's...
1: I got to throw this in. You take all <laughs> the other ancient literature... <laughs> It, it's not even close. It's like you can't even discern it. And then you pick up the word of God and read it about our day. Uh, it's like hand in glove.
0: There it is. Right. It's and, it, like and that's no what we, book. and I, I told him, I said, you know, like in Matthew chapter 24, Jesus says, when you see these things happen, no, look up because right. Your, your redemption draws nigh. Know that the time is near. Jesus says, and then you start looking and it's like, okay, uh, people's hearts will grow cold. Uh, they'll start hating one another. They'll start lashing out at one another. They'll betray one another. Um, Right will be wrong. Wrong will be right. And evil will be good and good will be evil. And the law won't keep the law. And famine, which is on the way. And, like, all these things. Let me interject. Go ahead, brother.
1: I think he's excited about this. I am. (laughs) (laughs) This brings life excitement. It's an adventure, amen? Yes. Yeah, it's
0: Sorry, it is an adventure. I'm excited too because I had opportunity to tell another man how he could live forever in heaven. Man to man, with Jesus, nothing like it. Looking, we looked one another in the eye, and I just shared truth with him. You know why? Because the field was ready to harvest. harvest. That's right. It was white on the harvest. It was ready. It was ripe, and. And then he was like, I told him, I go, dude, you need to listen to my podcast. And so he took his phone out and I went right to it. And I was like right here. And I said, listen, man, if if you, if you just get on your computer or your phone and you go to johnwestfall.com, just go to johnwestfall.com. You know, my name, just go.com and it'll take you right to my podcast. I said, and you need to listen. How do we get to heaven? (laughs) (laughs) It's for you, Brian. (laughs) Oh man, Jeremy listened to it. Yeah, and Jeremy is now going to heaven, and he and I are going to do a podcast. Uh, He agreed to do a podcast with me to as as a a tie in, right? A part part two with that. So we're gonna call Brian, or we're gonna call Jeremy, and we're gonna do a podcast with Jeremy and get him to share his testimony and all that's going on. So that's really going to be pretty sweet. And then if Brian listens to it and then he gets saved, and uh, that podcast dude. Uh, in the first week, in the first week, man was just people were listening to it over and over and over, and, and and contacting me, telling me, "Oh, thank you for this!" And they share it with their family, and share it with their family, and sharing it with their family. It's been amazing. Uh, how do we get to heaven? and uh if you as a christian understand the fields are white on the harvest then you can help them understand how to get to heaven i heard
1: a great christian spokesman many years ago dr g christian weiss wrote a book called the perfect will of god mandatory reading for us back in my bible college days he said in a conference we were i was the the young guy he was the old guy he was brilliant he said the greatest moment in the history of the universe was the moment Christ, the Son of God, died, shed his blood on the cross for the sins of the world. The second greatest moment in the history of the universe is the moment somebody who knows about the first moment yeah. shares it with somebody. And they believe. Because the fields
0: are white. white. under the harvest. Yep. That is the whole idea. And here's the other thing. One of the reasons that we're going to start out here with this passage is because I think it is incredibly significant. So when we look at this in John four twenty-seven and in in John chapter four, what we see is Jesus is at Jacob's well, and he's witnessing to a Samaritan. Bad people. Right? Half-breeds. Dogs <laughs> racially, <you> were... <laughs> racially wrong, compromisers. We hate
1: the Samaritans. Right. Do we have to go through Samaria? And Jesus said, uh, Yep. Yep are going
0: so he's got them outside of their comfort, zone. way out of their comfort zone and also if you remember in john chapter 8 this is how much they the jews hated uh samaritans in john chapter 8 jesus and then we're having this conflict, and, and they don't know how to respond to Jesus, and they're so angry with Jesus that they give him the what I call the sandlot insult. You're a Samaritan, and you have a demon. <laughs> it's like from that movie. You
1: play baseball like, like a, a girl. girl. <laughs> You're a Samaritan, (laughs) is the ultimate, right? Yeah, Jesus has got these guys in Samaria. They're out of their comfort zone. They don't want to be there. He hasn't, Jesus, they realize he doesn't play the race game. And he, last night they were in Gethsemane with Nicodemus at the top of the social order. And And now now he's got him in Samaria with a lady that's had five husbands. husbands. Yeah, it's the middle of the day. And it's number one, she's a, a Samaritan. Number two, she's a woman and, and men didn't always speak to women right, in public right. in those days.
0: And she did not have a good reputation. Yeah. So she would go out I'm and get her finishing my sentence.
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> <Scary>. <laughs> I just did a podcast on this uh, about an hour ago here in a different set, right. <laughs> which is on was outside. He came in. Here's our text. was like, I just
0: preached on this. <laughs> yeah. I was like, no, I'm loaded. That is so funny. Yeah, we're literally talking about the same thing. And, and for the Samaritan woman, she would go out. She went out in the late afternoon when it was hot. Yeah, because a good woman didn't want her to
1: be around them. And she, she was, was ostracized. She, exactly. Yeah, she's kind of in a social jail, really. Yep. Just... Yep. We don't have anything to do with you. Men abused her, women
0: avoided her. And here's Jesus. Here comes Jesus. <laughs> Which says this, guys. We don't choose who we think need to be in heaven. We choose every human being that God gives us opportunity to witness to. Yeah, Because every human being needs the right. Let me, let me say this. Uh, so the Samaritan woman, basically she was a harlot. Yeah, very clearly. Yep. She had five husbands. She had no problem living with a guy now that wasn't her husband. That wasn't her husband. Yeah. And she was she was an absolute shame to uh, the society, even on a Samaritan level. <laughs> mm-hmm. The night before, they're with Nicodemus at the top
1: of the order, and he's not listening. Yeah, Today, they're outside of their comfort zone on the bottom of the social calendar or social order, and she's listening. She's listening.
0: and And guess what happens? She gets saved now I'm jumping ahead of of the event here, but she gets saved because Jesus found her and shared the gospel with her he didn't he didn't oh, I don't want a Samaritan in heaven, no, no, he was like, "Oh, I have ears that will hear, let me tell them and I love that. Prior to leaving, he said, I
1: must, we must <laughs> go through Samaria. Because he knew she was there. Yeah, yeah, it was a foreknowledge of Christ. But I love that, uh, yeah. that must, yeah. and that angst, that must. God puts that, yeah. put it in, in John's heart. You must go to New York. Yes. <laughs> That's the only way we'd ever be here. You must. And he puts that, that angst in our heart, like, yeah. okay, I'm going. And there's somebody in, you know, I remember driving from Springfield, Missouri to, to uh, uh, Half Moon, New York. Mm-hmm. Didn't even know where I was gone when we left. But I knew there were people in New York that, that, that would listen because the fields there were white, were white, white under, under the harvest.
0: harvest. I'll give an example. And they're still white under I mean, harvest. And guess what is even bigger, a bigger problem than the fields being white under harvest? We don't have the laborers. The laborers are... They're few, yeah, yeah, but we get to be a laborer, yeah, and we, I and I want, and that's why we're doing this to encourage you to be the laborer, yeah, and and
1: remind you that the fields are wide under harvest. I'm driving to 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 New York. I'm praying for the people that I don't know yet. I, I see, love is eternal, has no end. But if it has no end, it also has no beginning. I don't understand that, but that's the definition of love. So I believe there were people in New York that loved me, just hadn't met him yet. So we're driving. We get up here. I'm knocking doors. I meet this young man, Bill Blake. He became my Timothy, became, to this day, he's one of my best friends in the whole world. We've just done life together. So I knock on his door. He says, "Uh, okay, you're starting a church. I don't go to church. I should go to church. I'll come to your church. (laughs) I'm like, okay. And he did. The next day, I said, "What are you doing here?" He yeah. said, "You invited me, didn't you?" I said, "Yeah, but yeah. I didn't think you'd come." Yeah, we used to call him Bill Blunt because he just say Bill Blake, Bill Blunt because he just what he said, he meant, and he meant what he said, and just said it. And um, so uh, the next Thursday night, I go to his house to knock on the door because he's 16 and is he looks like he's 20, jacked, handsome young man, but he's only 16. And his mama came to the door, kind of defensive. Who's this young preacher? cult leader, whatever. You got my son came to church. I don't even know who you are. So she was very defensive. And she said, well, I'm not sure my son's going to be able to come back to your church because we're looking for a very special kind of church. We're looking for an independent, fundamental, (laughs) born-again, Bible-believing Baptist church. that's me. And I had that overwhelming sense. I had that overwhelming sense that God guided me here,
0: and the fields are white. They're white. Listen, I'm telling you, God wants us to share the gospel because God wants people in heaven. And if you look at John 4, 27, it says this. And at this point, his disciples came, and they marveled that he talked with a woman, yet no one said, what do you seek? Or why are you talking with her? Because they're like, oh, we're not going to question Jesus. They're kind of embarrassed. He's embarrassing them. But in their mind, they're like, this dude's lost his mind. Let's get out of here. We don't do this, right? And... Um, Jesus is just sharing the gospel because Jesus says, listen, everyone needs to know. And so in 431, the, the, the disciples, they're worried about what Jesus uh, has to eat. They're worried about his
1: physical side. They would run into town to get the food. They come back out. They
0: got physical right. food. What's Jesus do? He tells them about the spiritual food, and he says, I would rather share the gospel then eat. Yeah, he said, "I have bread to eat that you know not
1: of." Yeah, and, he, and they had the physical bread. They knew he wasn't talking about this. Right, he's talking about something, and they just watched him do a what we'd call in jail ministry, a one-on-one mm-hmm. with this woman, and he was kind to her. He would he didn't play the Jewish. uh uh, samaritan racial game he didn't play the male female i you're a female i'm above you i don't speak to you he didn't play those games he just loves people and they witnessed they witnessed him witnessing the gospel to her
0: well and they also saw the fruit of it because after jesus shares the gospel with her she goes back into town wind in her sail telling everyone, you must come out and see what this man. Twinkle in her eye. Yeah. Skip in her step. I'm sorry, I'm just a little. And the t- <laughs> t- right, and the, and, the, and the town, but the town starts getting saved.
1: Yeah, uh, half the town, the Bible says. Yeah.
0: So here you have Jesus shares the gospel with this woman. This woman goes into town and tells people, you must come out here and, and meet this man that told me things that, nobody knew he knows it all yeah and they came out and half the town get saved and Did then de- they wind up spending two more days there
1: <laughs> they were like can we go now Jesus said nope, nope. we'll stay for two more days yeah I,
0: think about I, that and then that would Jesus have been an
1: exciting two days
0: when they go to give him food in John 4:34 4, 30, 4 and 35 uh, they go to feed him listen to this it says Jesus said to them because they tell him oh, Jesus you got to eat and Jesus says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work, his being the father. Verse 35, do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields for they are already white for harvest. And he's saying to them, uh, you're so caught up in your own ideology, you're so caught up in your own uh, um uh, your own comfort zone, your, your
1: own culture,
0: your yeah, own whatever. I want
1: to do this. Your got, own bias. I got to get this done by five o'clock, and then I got to do that. And,
0: and, and yeah. it's like, yeah, we got it, but there's something bigger going on yeah. here. And he's like, and, and Jesus is saying, look around you, look at the people in front of your face. You are so concerned to get out of here and go to your own people that you're willing to let what you literally, you see people coming to the cross, and you're ready to leave them, you, you're missing it because you can't get your eyes off of yourself. And that is why, that's why the majority of Christians don't share the gospel, because they're too busy looking at themselves and worried about their own feelings and their own... And what are
1: they going to think about me if they don't want to hear it? And then they will <sighs> Hey,
0: I'll be point, hated. I'll, well, they won't like me. Or if they know I'm a Christian, I'll be an outcast. Well, God bless you.
1: Yeah, this world would be great to be outcasted from.
0: I'm ready to, yeah, yeah. right?
1: Oh, uh, dude. That's another pod. That's another <laughs> 20 pod. Hey, I want to throw this story in now. <laughs> you talk about the fields of white under harvest yes. beyond our comprehension. It's a Sunday. Back in the day, I, I, I studied in the morning. I preached. I taught Sunday school. I preached again, second service. I did choir practice. I studied Sunday afternoon. I preached Sunday night. That was the way we did it: Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and 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 then after church on Sunday night, a gal in my church, a great gal, my mom's dying in the hospital. You gotta visit. You gotta visit. I said, I'll be glad to go tomorrow. She said, No, you gotta go now. I was so tired but she's a great lady. Uh, Shirley Letourneau. I was like, I can't say no to Shirley. So reluctantly I went. So I get up, I got a bad attitude. I get to the hospital to meet her mother. She wasn't.
0: Dying. <laughs> Isn't that truth? We got a bad attitude, right? Cause, attitude. Cause we're tired. 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 It's like,
1: but I went, I obeyed. Yeah. I got there and I had to pull back the curtain. I'm sitting there. I know the feeling. And this gal wasn't, she was in the hospital, but she wasn't dying. And anyway, she, she had been to my church once and she loved it. And and she was glad to see me, and I went up and uh, I just opened the scriptures, and I shared the gospel with her for like an hour, and I prayed with her. She received Christ as Savior. She she lived on another twenty years and won a bunch of people yeah. to Christ, and she's a, it was a great great moment. And then I'm feeling bad now because. I didn't want to come, but she got saved, and I'm rejoicing and feeling like a dirt ball. So anyway, I'm just about ready to leave, and I hear behind the curtain, there was another bed maybe three feet away, mm-hmm. just a curtain. I hear a voice, father, father, father. <laughs> I know it's a Catholic gal. <laughs> the first clue, yeah. father. Father, father. She said, would you pull back the curtain? So I, I pulled back the curtain. There was a sweet lady. She was elderly. She goes, I hope it's okay, but I was listening to every word you said from the Bible. She said, I asked Jesus into my heart, too. I hope it's okay. Johnny, I had never accidentally led anybody to Christ before. Right. And then I was feeling guilty for... Being not so wanting to go and not wanting to go. So now I got two newborn believers and they're sisters in the Lord. They started loving on each other. And we were singing together and laughing together and praying together. I didn't get out of there till like 10 30 that night. It was, am- I was exhausted, but I was thrilled. I had never accidentally led anybody to Christ before. So in the morning I wake up and it's like, I'm so high. I just got to go back up. I'm going to let him eat breakfast at eight o'clock. I got there at eight thirty to see him. And, and, uh, Shirley's mom was there. Uh, and, um, And we start talking. I said, where's your roommate? Her roommate died that morning at 6 a.m. Whoa, I got goosebumps. And I realized the fields are white under harvest. I don't realize what's happening in people's hearts. That's not my call. God knows what he's doing in people's hearts. God is in charge of the timing. All I got
0: to do is is be be willing. willing. That's all I got to do. You got to be be willing. willing. So I get a phone call or not a phone call. Forgive me. I'm sitting at home one night and God tells me there's a, a a lady that went to my church and her dad was in the hospital and he was, uh, he wasn't going to make it. We knew that. And so, uh, she's like, will you go talk to my dad? I said, sure. I'll go talk to your dad. And, the days went on and I didn't go talk to him because God's like, no, no, no. And I'm like, Lord, I, then God says, not yet, not yet, not yet. And I'm like, okay, then God says, all right, go talk to him. And I jump in my car and I'm heading to the hospital. It's 10 o'clock at night and I get halfway to the hospital and God says, turn around go home i'm like but lord you told me to go 7 a.m be there at 7 a.m so i go home i go to bed i get up i am there at three minutes till seven in the room as i'm going because i'm like god what's the difference between last night and today and he said literally i'm telling you god's speaking to me and he said he will have all of his meds, and nobody will be visiting him at 7 a.m. Perfect timing. So yeah. I get there. I lead him to Jesus. I leave, and I told him, I said, I just want you to know that I am not going to share with uh, your family that you ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. I will leave that up to you. Because I didn't, I, didn't want, <clears throat> I didn't want to say anything to the family and then, the, and then it not be real. You know what I'm saying? Because on the deathbed, dude, you, know, you, you never know what you're going to do, right? And I don't know that he believed he was going to die. I'm really not sure of that whole situation. But what I do know is the next day his daughter visits him and he tells her everything.
1: Mm-hmm. I have a s- similar story. It's a crazy, when we talk about fields of white under harbors, you get a couple of preachers gathered together, 70 years of pastoral experience here, and we could tell story oh my after goodness, story yes. after story, I, but I, I don't think we have time to do it, but if if I could squeeze one more. Go on ahead, top. brother. Squeeze it. Okay. Early <laughs> days of our church. Uh, this, don't go back to when you were three.
0: Come on. Get those okay. the story. <laughs> yeah.
1: This guy. Old Italian guy mechanical has three or four kids that had, had about eight or ten, but three or four of them got saved in our church and on fire pillars in our church today. And he sort of hated me, he hated the cult leader. He he called me names. He came to a couple of his grandchildren, were dedicated to our church. He just literally sat there. This guy this dude despised me. Well, he was dying after many years. And his family asked if I'd go visit him in the hospital. And I was scared. I didn't want to go. So it was a Saturday morning and I, I went now, you know, this is a four unit, four people in it. I got up there, nobody in it, nobody there, just him with the four units. I was there for, I was there for an hour and 15 minutes. Not one person came in or out he's got a family of like eight kids and 50 grandkids and 60 great grandkids. I mean, and so nobody, nobody there. Just God gave us a one-on-one and I walked in and he saw me and he looked up and I thought he was going to throw me out. And I'm like, I said, hey, Mr. Venucci, if you don't want me to be here, I'll walk out. He goes, no, no, I'm glad you're here. He goes, I knew you'd come. Mr. Venucci. Mr. Venucci. I love it. Venucci. I knew you. Venucci. <laughs> and uh, so I went in, and uh, he goes, you know I hated you. I said, I heard. <laughs> he goes, but I was wrong. And he goes, I knew the priest wouldn't come up to see me. He said, but I knew you would. And he says, he says, quite frankly, he said, the priest, I had... 75 years with the priest, they never did me any good. And he goes, all you've ever done is good for my family. Mm-hmm. He said, I want to hear what you told my family all those years ago. Shared the gospel. He got saved. It, it was incredible. I'll never forget it. I, it was one of the greatest moments. He gets saved, and as, as we just get done praying, and the flood of nurses start coming in, and just they disregard the preacher he, just like you're not even there. And, 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 and I, I hugged him. And I left, and then about five minutes later, the family comes in, and half of them are followers of Jesus. The other half don't want to hear it. That the f- that the followers of Jesus were thrilled because he told them all the whole story. Pastor Duke came. I knew he would. I was <laughs> hoping that he would. And he goes, "Now I know what you guys are so excited about." He poured his heart out. Of course, the believers were thrilled. Yeah, they're throwing a party, and the unbelievers were shaken. Like. Yeah. Oh, we're glad Pastor Duke came too, but we still think he's a cult leader. <laughs> so, man, the fields are what? Yeah, they're white under the harvest. And, and here's the other thing, guys. I know, right? I was going to share another one too, your, but hijack- I can't. Do it. I'm hijacking your podcast today, John. Uh,
0: but it, that's the whole point, dude. If we can just share on and on and on and on about people getting saved, and how, and, and here's the other thing, they're the most unlikely there i i've had people tell me oh this dude he'll he'll never get saved and man that's you, what people said about you and me <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> right and then you get saved and all of a sudden it's different i love
1: that word you just used
0: saved saved people don't use that much anymore are you ready it's all through the bible born again Save. That's like, dude, born again is like punching somebody in the throat. They yeah. hate it. Yeah. <laughs> saved by the blood of the Lamb. It is so crazy. All things pass away. Behold, all, uh, all things. things become new. Second mm-hmm. Corinthians five seventeen. That's a wonderful verse, and uh, it could it literally could say stadium lights come on because <laughs> mm-hmm. that's what happens when you get saved. No shadows. No shadows, man. No shadows. So when we talk about the harvest. And uh, that is a common theme throughout Scripture. Uh, you find it in, in Old Testament and New Testament. Matthew 7:16. Jesus says, "You will know them by their fruits." Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown in the fire. Therefore, by their fruits you will be known. There's a harvest here. And there's a harvest. Listen, there's going to be a day when God harvests Uh, the people, if you will. And the good trees are going to go to heaven, and the bad trees are going to get burnt up. Obviously, a picture of hell. But there there is a harvest that we continue to see. Luke 10, 2. He said to them, Jesus speaking of Jesus, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And I'm going to Duke, I'm going to say this because it, it has always bothered me, and it still bothers me. And listen, God is God, and no matter what God does, I will trust him and love him and follow him. But I realize that the laborers are few, and I realize the harvest is great. What I don't understand is it seems, it seems that the really hard workers Go home to be with Jesus way too soon, and those who are slothful or shy, or whatever their excuse is, are left behind. And I don't get that. John, I have fifty years of study and fifty years
1: of experience behind me, and uh, you don't get it either. I don't get it either. <laughs> so,
0: I'm I, like, I'm honestly, like, honestly,
1: I honestly, well, I, I I basically tune that out. And Jesus brought it up. Yep. I don't want to tune out Jesus, but I have to focus on what God can use me to do. Right. And try to encourage others. That's why we're doing this podcast, to get a bite of this bread. Right. Get one-on-one with people. Be willing to get your hands dirty. Be willing to get outside of your racial comfort zone, out of your socioeconomic comfort zone. Yep. Uh, and I, and that's, what Jesus, that's why we started with the
0: Samaritan woman, because yeah. that's exactly what Jesus did. Yeah. The disciples didn't want to be there. Nope. But he made them go <laughs> and he and he showed them the fruit that is out of your comfort zone, you know they say the best fruit is the hardest to reach, yeah, up towards the top, yeah,
1: just I have an orchard that i'll I'll sign on to that. you got Ooh. you
0: just gotta get out of you listen it it sometimes it does take more effort, but it's got a greater payoff mm hmm and Revelation 14, 14 through 16, it says, then I, then I looked, and behold, a white cloud, and on the cloud sat one like the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. And another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice to him who sat on the cloud, Thrust in your sickle and reap, for the time has come for you to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. And there is a time, guys, where the fields are white, for harvest and what that means for them to give you a visual is when the grain is fully sprouted and it's in its peak right it's uh ready for gathering it it's the the it turns white or a color of white mm-hmm. even if it's an off-white yeah, the uh the moisture content drops and the, the color
1: goes from golden and it just kind of starts to look almost white-ish. white and that is a critical time and Expound on that. If you don't get the harvest, uh when it's ready, you're probably going to lose the harvest right. uh because it can't get too much more moisture back in it from the rain. You gotta get in and get it and get it into a safe place.
0: Right. And it's clearly noticeable that it's ripe. I mean, literally it says, look, look under the fields, you'll see it's white, it's ready to be harvested. And Jesus Uh, wanted his disciples to understand the urgency and the immediate opportunity. And, And we talked about the word opportunity and how crucial it is. And that window, dude, you and I both know the window is small. Yeah
1: this is the supernatural where you have this all-knowing god who loves everybody and sent his son to pay this price for the sins of everybody who doesn't want anybody to go to hell then he calls us into his family we're born into his family again by his spirit he lives inside of us and his his he's made us ambassadors for mm-hmm. Christ he wants us he wants to carry on his work through us yeah and if we're willing it will take us out of our comfort zone but once you've once you've experienced this Dude, bread. you got <sighs> once you get a bite of that bread, you don't care about comfort zone anymore. You know,
0: no, because now, now it is, dude. It is, it is the, it is the joy of seeing the fruit of your labor. It really is. I mean, and when you see lives change and people get saved, and then all of a sudden it's noticeable. Mm-hmm. Where uh, just the other day I had a friend of mine, and uh, his employee or his helper uh started coming to my church and uh he said uh, i saw both of them together and he said uh, he calls me rev right he's like rev i just want you to know that that boy ain't the same (laughs) (laughs) he's been coming to your church and he's not the same anymore and dude what compliment amen and what a reassurance that he is born again because his life exemplifies christ now right there's there's a difference and and jesus says listen uh there is an urgency to this in second corinthians 6 2 it says for he says jesus says In an acceptable time, I have heard you. And in the day of salvation, I have helped you. Behold, and we've talked about that word behold before. It means now. Hey, let me get your attention. Now is the acceptable time. Behold, there's another behold again. Now is the day of salvation. Today's the day. Why why wait till tomorrow? Because that opportunity may not be there. If the rain comes, that wheat is gone got to move you've got to get it done it's it's like bailing hay man you, you see the farmers out there and they're like okay we got it they've already got it mowed they've already got the rows now they just got to go out and bail it and it's going to rain
1: we used to we used to have to wait i bailed hay that's what everybody did in ohio everybody yeah. in ohio. every farmer <laughs> had three teenage boys my farmer was Larry Small. And uh, yeah. they'd call you, you know, and we wouldn't go in until about ten in the morning because it had to dry out from the from the dew. had to
0: do had to come off and of it.
1: Sometimes it wasn't there wasn't dew and we would get an early start, but man, and when the hay was cut, it'd yeah. be out there till dark. Yep, and then even some technology, some lighting, we'd go even after dark right. a little bit sometimes. Well,
0: because the thing is, and especially if they're calling for rain, mm-hmm. get it in. Everything a, goes on hold until that hay is yeah, put up. Yeah. Everything right? And, and why? Because it's time sensitive and I'm just going to tell you, we're not promised tomorrow. So salvation is time sensitive. You know what? I think Johnny,
1: those of us who know the Lord, love the Lord, we wake up in the morning and say, okay, God, the fields are white under harvest. I'm ready. Use me for your glory. And we have this consciously and it's strategically part of our lives. So we're going out and when we rub elbows with somebody at, at the, uh, at the sub shop and we maybe buy them their, their lunch. That's a divine moment. We had a sweet one just a couple of weeks ago when we bought lunch for this guy. He, he just freaked out. He was, he looked like a successful businessman, yeah. maybe what, about early forties. Uh, I'd say, I'd say thirties, late thirties, late thirties. And he, he was shocked and he just stood there and it's paid for. And he like, and there was just us there. So he kind of figured it out, connected the dots and he didn't know what to do. He really didn't, man. <laughs> but he was
0: he was stunned. He was yeah. happy. He was yeah. I gotta do something. I gotta I got it was so he went out to his car and waited <laughs> for us to leave. Yeah, and, and he then, wanted to thank he, us. And he was like, Can I give you money? <laughs> no, oh, man, this was a gift. This is God bless you. Yeah.
1: And um we got to give him our podcast card mm-hmm. with both according to John and Pastor Duke Podcast. Yeah. And said, Hey, check this out. And he was so moved. Yeah. And, you know, Tough. fields are white under and harvest.
0: And you just don't know. I'm telling you, there's things I've done...
1: Well- I'm gonna throw one in here. Go ahead, Johnny came to spend a week with us in Florida. We're out on a beach in Sarasota, Florida. We run into two guys from Poland. Poland motorcycle guy. <laughs> they start talking motorcycles, and uh, we got to share the gospel with them. Give them a card, yeah. and on Johnny's, uh, uh, we checked out the, the the stats. The stats. Yeah, you
0: get people listening in Poland in Poland. Now. <laughs> you don't know. You think the fields are white under harvest? They're white under harvest, man. I'm telling you. And and when we look at when we look at uh, this. Event here on with the uh, Samaritan uh, lady in John four thirty nine through forty two the disciples are listen they got all this amazing stuff going on and they're still focused on the physical and the earthly concerns and then can uh, we go now <laughs> look at this in thirty nine and many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified he told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his own word. Then they, then they said to the woman, now we believe not because of what you said, for we ourselves have heard him, and we know that this indeed is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. And prior to that, I mean, literally, as they're getting saved, the disciples are still have lo- They've not gained their focus on the field yet. And, guys, I'm just telling you. you I think they were Baptist. They were very slow to learn. <laughs> I think they were Baptists. Listen, that's a huge possibility, right? But, guys, listen, my, my point is, and, and Duke's point is, today we're telling you um, forget about the physical because it's coming and going, man. You got to get serious about the spiritual and then in matthew 9 36 through 8 jesus has this similar uh, passionate moment and he says in in 36 but when he saw the multitudes he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd dude is that not our people today in america or even in the world that is that's the what we see and then in 37 jesus says this To his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And he's passionate and he sees people with no hope. And guys, if we really love Jesus, we got to start seeing people with no hope and then give them the hope in Christ. I'm just saying, because the Lord is the Lord of the harvest. We read about that in Luke 10, too. And, God, listen, God's going to choose right moments. There are, there are some that's just absolute divine. You and I were talking about them earlier, right? The lady in the hospital that you had no clue, she, she receives Christ as her Savior. That was divine. Yeah, it was divine. It was from God. Absolutely. And so God chooses that, right? But God chooses to partner with us. Look here in John 4, 36 through 38. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life, that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. And so there are some of us that are sowing and reaping. Mm -hmm. Some of us planting water, dude.
1: You know, going back to that text, uh, they were without hope, Jesus said. You look at their world. They were an occupied territory. They were sort of subservient to the Romans The economy stinks. Uh, Taxation is high and unjust. The religious leaders were corrupt. There wasn't a, a lot of hope in their world they're just kind of gone from day to day no matter how hard you work you couldn't get ahead and, and people so, people are living that today and that's our country today that's our country they they hear of wars and rumors of yeah. wars uh they Jesus warned of famines our president told us famine is coming and then the farmland is being bought up by the Chinese communist party and Bill Gates and they're shutting it down the supply lines are broken uh famine is coming and the economy is bad and he, he, if inflation is highing and, and prices are out of out of control, and so the fields
0: are white. Yeah, under harvest. because there's such uncertainty that people right now they're looking for deliverance. They're looking for something, yeah. right? Yeah. And I'm going to tell you how crucial you are, how crucial we are, and and I and I say that because every one of us we have our job to do and our job is to take full advantage of every opportunity that God gives us in verse 37 because in 36 he says and he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together verse 37 for in this the saying is true one sows and another reaps verse 38 and and this is the key guys you got to hear this because your work is absolute crucial even if you don't reap and all you do is sow. It says here in 38, I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored and you have entered into their labors. And what he's really talking about is you planted a seed. You watered. I re- I got to reap the harvest. Or I planted a seed. You watered. And you guys out there listening, you got to reap the harvest. And maybe maybe the seed is you saying, hey, Listen, just go to someone and say, "Hey, you need to listen to this podcast according to John, or you need to listen to the podcast uh, Pastor Duke, or you need to listen to the podcast Truth Unbound." Uh, and you just need to listen to these podcasts. And then what have you done? You planted a seed. Mm-hmm.
1: I just thinking right now, what if our guy from the sandwich shop watches this podcast? <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, hey, dude, you're worth it. That's all I can say. That was you created a wonderful ten thousand percent. Us. That we've been talking about it ever since. Your response was was
0: amazing. So hopefully you're seeing this, right? And Brian, I hope Brian, because he said he's going to start listening to my podcast. So I hope he tunes in on this one as well, right? And that when you tune in, Jesus is your savior at that point or when this is done, Uh, because I'm going to see him again today or tomorrow, uh, and I'm just going to keep on him. Why? Because the seed's been planted and I will continue to water and, and I can water with your prayers too. Yep, well, exactly and I may I may reap my own harvest. Mm-hmm. Which I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'm okay with that. I'm watering.
1: I'm watering with my
0: prayers. <laughs> Amen, right? And so guys, listen. Uh God God works it out and he moves in the hearts of men and we got to be ready to to move with him. Uh, he chooses us as partners. He uh sets us up to win And here's what we have to do. We have to keep our eyes open to seize the opportunity, whether it be to plant, water, or actually be the one to get saved.
1: You know, it's interesting.
0: Our churches are
1: called evangelical. Evangelical means that we don't sit on what we know. We spread it. We evangelize. We're strategic. We meet people. We want to witness to people. We want to sit down with them with a the Bible and show them how to go to heaven. Right. And that's what an yeah. evangelical yeah. is. Yeah. So uh, do we practice our evangelicalism?
0: Well, and, and Paul even says, guys, and I'm just going to tell you right now, because you just used the word practice. Do we practice our evangelicalism? Second Timothy 4, 1 through 2, Paul tells Timothy to be prepared. And, and I'm going to tell you, preparation breeds opportunity. Preparation breeds opportunity. It has never been any different. You prepare yourself this day, right? And the Bible says, uh, be prepared. The Bible says, tells us uh, to uh, be ready in season and out of season. That's what Timothy, uh, Paul tells Timothy here in 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 2. I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. I mean, Paul is strategic. And he's very emphatic here. Priority. And he says, be ready, be ready in season and out of season. You think he said it with passion? Oh, my. (laughs) Oh, my. Right? But he says, be ready in season and out of season. And and I'm just reminded, um, you know, if, if... if you practice on a day-to-day basis, man, you will always be ready to do whatever it is you've been practicing. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. You just you will, right? Yeah, so if you're working with a handgun or whatever what, it is, you just if you practice it, you're ready.
0: Yeah, and so uh, and and just be ready. And then Paul goes on in verse two, and he says, "Convince, convince, conv- okay." He doesn't say it three times. He says it once, but convince, rebuke. Exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. Long-suffering is literally patience, and teaching is share the Word of God accurately, which you'll be able to do because, remember, you have practiced. This is the ultimate part of the Christian
1: experience. And so few of... Believers ever really enter into it? The first year I, I was saved, I took uh, over a hundred people to church with me. The first year, the second year, I only took about twelve because all my friends had had enough. <laughs> Some of them came and came came to Christ, but very few. Right. But at least I did my job. Right. And then, you know, you kind of wear out your crowd after a while. But you're always looking for the guy at the sandwich shop. You're always looking.
0: Uh, for, I'm all listen. There is not an opportunity that goes by that I don't share the gospel or don't try to take advantage of it. I've seen this guy run into a
1: motorcyclist.
0: <laughs> it's motorcycles and then Jesus. They always,
1: you always it always
0: comes yeah. up. I, uh, the only time that I really didn't have opportunity to share Jesus was we were in Colorado, and I was actually wearing this shirt. <laughs> I was going to bring up the shirt if you didn't. It's time, Johnny. <laughs> I was wearing this shirt, and, and the shirt says PETA.
1: But look in the finer print. People eating tasty, tasty animals.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and the lady goes, nice shirt. And her husband said, honey, you need to read that again. <laughs> and it says, PETA, people eating tasty animals. And then on the back it says, I love cats. I just can't eat a whole one by myself. <laughs> cat food young, kitty fried rice.
1: How do you like your cat?
0: <laughs> right? And I... Um, oh, we're sick, John. Look, I like cat kebabs and oh. uh, yeah. Uh Kitty fri- I said that yeah, kitty fried, kitty rice, fried rice, yeah. rice and uh, cat ears so and- young and that, yeah <laughs> it's so funny so but uh, uh it just kind of like closed the window opportunity for me but it was a lot of fun too we laughed about it and whatnot but guys I'm just my, my point is is that you know in the agriculture world when we look at the fields are white under harvest we got to wait for a season you
1: No, know, that's something that was in their face every every day every year and they understood it. And mm-hmm. then they need how Jesus would take something that is so, it's a, such a no brainer. Yep. And now yep. we're to live apart from, so we have to explain what that means. They didn't, right. he didn't have to explain it to them. Right. They, understood they understood exactly what he was saying, but there's an, earthen- and anybody that
0: lives out West, they understand exactly yeah. what it is too, man. Oh, those fields. If you ever ride out there and you see those fields and they're so beautiful. Oh my goodness. And man. It's, It sustains life. It
1: really does. If that doesn't get in, right. people could die. But, yeah. I think that we're taking from this today is urgency.
0: Yeah. Because on a spiritual realm, it is always in season to win people to Jesus.
1: Only once that I ever accidentally lead someone to Christ. (laughs) I told you about that earlier. Yep. Everybody else, it was on purpose and plan, but it was your accident.
0: It was God's plan. Yeah.
1: I I was obedient that night. I was tired. I denied myself. I picked up my cross. I did what I didn't want to do out of obligation. And I got there and God provided the inspiration. And uh, I'd be glad to lead somebody to Christ accidentally again if God ever wants to set that up.
0: Yeah, I am uh, I am always ready and I am always willing and I am always seeking the next one. And, guys, let me encourage you to do that. And, listen, I, you may just be planting the seed and not see anything from it, but don't underestimate the power of planting a seed. Amen. And Or you may be watering. You may be the one that comes along and just... Move them to the next station or move them to the next uh, stage of growth in preparation to being saved. And then someone else might come along and they win the fruit. But, you just never know what God's going to do with it. But I'm going to tell you, every one of us is absolutely important to do our part for us to have a harvest. Guys, I hope this, this has helped. And if it has, please like, share, subscribe, and follow. And until next time, God bless.